You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. We're very excited. We have some wonderful special guests here for our show. Mark Teresi here, Executive Director at Holy Name Cathedral. And on the phone, in remote, um, Father Greg Sackowitz, our Rector at Holy Name, who will be joining us and leading our discussion. Father Greg, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Very fine, very fine. Had a wonderful Christmas at a distance with our Little grandchildren. So, how our, is it different, Mark? How is your Christmas well? Different? Our little Nora, who's one of, a twin, is three years old, and she had to put her mask on because her little cousin, who's a month old, was coming, and we were distancing around the house, and she just put her hands up, said, "Papa treats." I just wish this COVID bug was over. I need kisses and hugs. Wow! And but I didn't. Your- I Didn't think your that's... son also say that you are the uh, patriarch of the family now? Oh my God, that was a scary one. Yeah, I'm, it's 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 a eye opener that all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm the oldest <laughs> in the, the crowd. Nora, in I the... think your little little granddaughter Nora summarized the best. She did for all of us. I think we yeah, all felt the same COVID-19, way. COVID nineteen, but uh, we are so honored to have with us as our first guest this morning, Cardinal Blaise Supich, Archbishop of Chicago, Shepherd the Pastor. Cardinal Blaze, welcome to the program this morning. How are you? Yes, welcome. Thank you, Father Greg, and good to hear you, Mark. Uh, that's you. a cute story uh, 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 about uh, your granddaughter, especially, I think, you know, uh, it's so fitting for Christmas because uh, the, the truth of reality uh, is represented to us in the in the voice and, and the sight of a child. So I think that's a, per, a perfect story for Christmas. Oh, thank you. In fact, along those lines, before we get into uh, exactly with COVID-19, Cardinal Blaze, is uh, you've had a wonderful message the last few weeks, Advent leading up to Christmas, your Christmas message uh, for the Archdiocese of Chicago, for the people of God. is uh, At this time, with COVID-19 still raging, what is your message of hope to the people as a Christmas people with a Christ child? Well, I think what... Uh what uh, the birth of Christ means for us is that uh, uh, God has decided to come into uh, those aspects of our lives in which we uh, are most vulnerable. And uh, you have the you have a vulnerable family that uh, Mary and Joseph, who uh, where there's no room in the end. Uh, you have the threat of Herod uh, over them, uh, which we. Uh, Mark uh, with the Feast of the Holy Innocents during Christmas and New Year's, uh, and of course uh, Jesus is in infancy. So uh, uh, you know, in the vulnerability that we suffer now, uh, the sense in which we're pushed to the edge, uh, God tells us that's exactly where God comes into our lives, and uh, that should be a consolation to us, but also should spur us on to go to the margins of society, people who are who are living on the edge, and be supportive of them, because that's where we're going to find God. What's interesting, because I look at the, the stable, I look at Mary, I look at Joseph, I look at Jesus, I look at Pope Francis saying, now this year let's focus on St. Joseph, and he's always been, as an adoptive father of four, I always think, well, he was the real deal. I mean, he, he raised Jesus. I mean, I raised our kids with my wife. I mean, they're, even though they would be deemed adoptive. Can you talk a little bit about St. Joseph and how he fits into this coming year for us? Well, yes, I think Joseph uh, is uh, an individual who uh, is in the shadows off to the side and yet has an enormous influence uh, in the the life of salvation history. Um, And he really is a model for all parents because uh, uh, 
Uh, as uh, Pope Francis noted in one of his talks, uh, there's something interesting about Joseph that uh, not just in his waking moments, but it also in when he's asleep, uh, he he is preoccupied with uh, uh, the good uh, and the needs of of his family. He it, uh, it's in his dreams. Uh, he he uh, he's a man who's filled with dreams about his family and and the dangers and the preoccupations that are there. So I think that uh, that is a, a, an opportunity for us to reflect on the great contribution of parents, not only in their waking hours but in their sleeping hours. Uh, they they are concerned about the good of uh, of their children and their family. Along those lines, what I find fascinating is that nowhere in Scripture there's no words attributed from Joseph. He doesn't say, in terms of verbally, there's no spoken word. It's like any father and husband. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to add anything more to that one. And now, in light of that, that beautiful message, Cardinal Blazes, uh, for most people that I know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day was totally different. Smaller numbers, zooming. So what would be your response when you hear people like that? Many of them were very down, depressed, uh, some angry I was talking to, saying it's been so different because of COVID-19. What message do you give those people in light of what's going on? Well, I think that um, uh, my experience, however, is that, uh, and I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback from our masses and uh, the things that we did with regard to our uh, uh, various videos that we put out uh, for Christmas, uh, one that's going on right now, of course, is the 12 Days of Christmas, is that we've had to be nimble uh, but also imaginative in how we can have outreach to people. And uh, that is that I think has had uh, really a wonderful response, um, and people are looking at a way to adjust uh, how we're going to stay together. I think that the the greatest suffering is where people feel as though uh, they've been forgotten or overlooked or that they're alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's so very important in this time, and something I'm dedicated to do, is to keep reaching out to to people. Uh, look for multiple ways, and I know our pastors are doing a great job with that, too. Um, we, we have to see, even though we are physically apart, uh, we, are, we still are together. I don't like the term socially distanced, because I think it's only a matter of being physically distanced. Socially, we're together. And socially right. connected. And, and, and we, we have to look for ways in which we are going to uh, 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 realize that this is going to pass. We're going to come to a moment when we'll get together. But we need to we need to look for ways in which we're going to um, uh, connect with one another and stay in connection with one another. Now we do attend the mass nine thirty on channel seven, and um, Cardinal, it seems like you're getting much more comfortable with us. I mean, I, I it said to you, it feels like your homilies are directed right to us, right to me personally, and the one. For um, I think it was Holy Family. Yeah, when your mom uh, gave that five dollars to the gentleman, you want to tell that story a little bit. And then, um, do you feel that? Do you feel like it's not a camera anymore, but you are talking to all of us around the archdiocese? Well, it is. Uh, it took a while for me to kind of get beyond the fact that there wasn't a congregation there, mm-hmm. and that I was mm-hmm. speaking to people through the means of a camera. And um, But on the other hand, I would say that I approach uh, uh, the Sunday Masses that we're having, or any time that I'm presiding at a liturgy, uh, as a pastoral role of uh, accompanying people, helping them, walking with them. I think that's, that's important. Uh, the story that I told um, goes back to my childhood, one of the earliest memories that I have. Uh, it was a Saturday evening, um, and there was a knock on the door. It was this time of year. Uh, and a man was taking up a collection for uh, a family that had lost their father to a heart attack. He was in his mid-40s. They had six children like our own. Uh, my mother was immediate in her response. She went and got her purse, uh, took out $5, and gave it to the man. And then as he walked away, uh, she said to us, well, that's the last of the money until your father gets paid uh, on, on Monday. Mm. That always uh, struck me uh, as uh, a real... Uh, not only act of faith in God that God would provide, but a sense of uh, solidarity with people who were suffering, uh, that it was uh, an opportunity for uh, all of us to reflect on the, the fact that uh, uh, there's something that binds us together when we're willing to share with the sufferings of other people. 
Um, and uh, that, that I think is, is so very important uh, uh, in, 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 as we consider what the human family is about, huh? And uh, what, exactly. what, what, we, what we should be considering in this time in which a lot of people are suffering. Uh, we're all in this together. Um, uh, it's the same thing, too. You know, uh, Dr. Fauci said something very interesting recently. He, he, you know, as people were saying, uh, you know, they don't want to, uh, they don't want either get vac- vaccinated. They don't care to, to um, be uh, 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 responsible for uh, the sufferings of other people and in solidarity with them. He said, you know, I, I really, I really can't, uh, as he said, uh, I really don't know how to explain that you should care for other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's a point at which you, we say that, uh, uh, th- th- this is this is really what we're called to do because, as I said, that's precisely where Jesus is. You know, your mother giving that five dollars to that uh, individual. This was back in the 1950s. That was big money. Yes. To give five dollars. Sure. My dad. My dad probably made three thousand dollars a year. Wow. He wow. was a mail carrier. Income. Now speaking of Dr. Fauci, I know just last week uh, you made the news, Cardinal Blaze. You got the vaccination shot. And what was it like? And have you had any side effects? Well, I'd say, first of all, uh, the medical community came to me and said that they were afraid that people uh, in, uh, uh, in uh, minorities, uh, the African-Americans and, and Latinos, were uh, afraid of taking it. They wanted to do a campaign to build confidence. And would I help doing that? I said, yes, but let's make sure that we also, if I'm going to get vaccinated to do that, that we have uh, a representative from the African-American community. doesn't have to be a Catholic leader. but uh, And so we had Reverend Nelson come in. Uh, he's uh, head of a major church, African-American church, and then also Father Zeke Sanchez, who is the rector of the shrine, so that we would get word out to the uh, Latino and the African-American community that this is a safe vaccine. I had no uh, after effects at all, and it was uh, it was uh, pretty seamless. I uh, I got my first dose, and there's a second booster that I'll take later. And I encourage people to do it, not only for their own safety, but for the common good. We have a responsibility for the common good. Now, Cardinal, we're going to have to come to a close in a minute or two. I, could you express to the faithful in Chicago your wishes for 2021? Well, my, my best wishes are, uh, and the Holy Father set this uh, up for us uh, yesterday with the Angelus on Sunday. Uh, he said uh, that uh, 2021 is going to have to be the year of the family, starting with the celebration on March 19th, which is the fifth anniversary of his uh, pastoral letter on the, uh, on the family, Amoris Laetitia. So my hope would be that uh, not only all of our families would prosper, but the human family would draw closer together. Uh, we have to have a different way in which we relate to each other in this country, um, in our city, but also in the world. Uh, hopefully, this will be an opportunity for us to give real consideration to that and to reboot uh, our understanding of how we really are related to one another. Uh, the Native American people uh, in South Dakota taught me a wonderful phrase, scene, which means we are all relatives. They always use that phrase whenever they conclude a, a general meeting of each other, uh, they reminded each other as we they would go home to their own places uh, that we still are connected, that we are all family. And hopefully that's uh, something that we can instill in the lives of people through the church, uh, but also uh, have an impact in society. Beautiful. Well, I'd like to Powerful. thank Cardinal Blaise Supich for joining us on our Year in Review show here at Catholic Chicago. Thank you for your leadership. For Thank you for teach, continuing to teach us how, how to be relatives to one another, how to be family. We're going to take a little break. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial. Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please Thank stay you, tuned. Thank you so much.
Charity's Divine Affair home tasting parties are going virtual. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Divine Affair, the elegant wine tasting event that benefits our self-sufficiency programs. Low-income single parents with dependent children are trying to break the cycle of welfare and poverty. Today, the need is greater than ever as the COVID-19 pandemic has left thousands of newly struggling families in need of immediate assistance. You can easily coordinate a virtual wine tasting and help Catholic charities at the same time. Each guest will enjoy a sample wine kit that includes wine and a guide, all courtesy of Lewis Glenn's Wines. You can gather your friends and family for this fun event or incorporate a celebration for a birthday, anniversary, or engagement at the same time. To learn more about a virtual home tasting party and how you and your guests can win fabulous raffle prizes, call today at 773-756-6937. That's 773-756-6937. Cheers! We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. Catholic churches respond as the need to feed the hungry surges in the COVID-19 pandemic. Pope Francis's new encyclical and the call for mutual respect for all cultures. And a local priest ready to run even when the Chicago Marathon is canceled. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, our year in review show. Our second guest, special guest, is Dr. Jim Riggs, superintendent of the Office of Catholic Schools. He and Father Greg have spent much time this past year talking about all of, all of the wonderful uh, news and the challenges this year with our Catholic schools. Father Greg? Jim, good morning. How are you today? Father Greg, nice to talk with you. I hope you had a great Christmas. You know, it was, it was, I tell people Christmas is special, but it was different. And like most people, I really have an opportunity to see my entire family because of the whole social distancing we did get together on Zoom. How was it for you, Jim? Uh, it was very, very nice. I think low-key, like just about everybody, mm-hmm. uh, it was great to bring the family to Christmas Mass. Uh, you know, it was a smaller and more subdued celebration, but it was still great to be together as a parish community. And, of course, Santa was uh, probably too generous this year to the kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the kids are not surprised from Santa this year. No, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> you know, Jim, it's such a great time of year. Now there's so much happening with Catholic schools and archdiocese, and, you know, congratulations and kudos to you, your entire team, to the principals, uh, administration, teachers. You really seem to pull the first semester off well between August and December. Of course, there were a few glitches here and there, but I have to admit, uh, you know, to be in the classroom for most of the time, the entire archdiocese, Catholic schools, is just a real... uh, compliment to all the work you've been doing. Well, I, I appreciate your comments, Father, but the real credit belongs to the uh, the heroes that are in our classrooms and in our uh, Catholic school buildings. Our teachers, our principals, our staff members mm-hmm. have truly gone above and beyond this year. You know, I'm, I'm a perennial optimist, uh, and I remember saying to myself last July and August, you know, if we can just make it to October or maybe, maybe even as far as Halloween, and here we are, we've made it through the full first semester. Uh, our uh, employees, our students, our families have just uh, done an incredible job of understanding and implementing a pretty robust array of health and safety requirements. And they've really done an extraordinary job. Uh, of course, we've had COVID in our schools, but in virtually every case, it has been brought in by people from the outside who have been infected through you know, their home or through some other type of setting. So we've had minimal, if any, person-to-person transmission of COVID within our schools, which I think is really, again, a testament to 
the hard work of our employees and our students and families. And with the schools being ministries of the parish, can you say a little bit about the pastors uh, who have taken that responsibility on with their principals uh, as another dimension to their ministry? Certainly. So our schools absolutely depend upon the quality of the local leaders, both principals and pastors. And our pastors have done wonderful work in supporting their school communities throughout this pandemic. I mean, we, we've had to rethink every aspect of school life, including things like prayer and mass. And so many of our pastors like to be physically present mm-hmm. in exactly. their school buildings, and they just couldn't do that in the same way this year. And so our pastors, like our school employees, have just done a great job of understanding our health requirements and supporting their communities through this very complex time. Now, along those lines, Jim, that there was a memo sent out from the Archdiocese, from the principals to all the families, that when you were closing for Christmas vacation, you are to resume when? Right. So we made the decision to move to all virtual learning for the entire uh, archdiocese, at least for the archdiocesan-run schools, during the first two weeks of January. So from January 4th to January the 18th. So school will resume in person on Tuesday the 19th, which is the Tuesday after Martin Luther King Day weekend. And we did that not because we don't have confidence in you know our health and safety requirements and practices, but because we knew that many of our families and employees wanted to travel for the holidays, and uh, because uh, many of the local health departments uh, require a 14-day quarantine after travel out of state, we wanted to give people a, t- a chance to be back in town for uh, virtual learning on the 4th of January to quarantine for that 14-day period before school resumes. Jim, I have one investigative question and then a, and then a serious question. The investigative is, our Father Greg... Yeah, I realize, Jim, that is, uh, Mark is a very tough investigator. Our, our, <laughs> I'm worried. Our Father Greg's <laughs> academic records uh, from Mary Seat of Wisdom available to us at Holy Name so we can see academically his prowess or lack thereof during, during his uh, time there. I yeah, I'm breaking I'm, up uh, here on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am pleased to report that in a very, very uh, old archive, <laughs> they, his, uh, his records, and they aren't pretty. I'll just I heard that. they disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> they were written yep. on, uh, anyway, on part, yellow parchment. <laughs> anyway, the, yellow parchment. <laughs> <laughs> the, the serious question is, it's been a tough time for everybody, and you as the leader, it's been tough. What's your greatest joy over this time? What, where, where have you found the joy? I mean, for me, I always love being in schools. I do this work because I love uh, children and I love our mission. And so for me, uh, it's been very rewarding to be out in many of the schools this year and to see the in-person learning continuing. And I know about 18% or so of our families decided to stay virtual for the whole school year, and, and that's fine. But most of our families, the vast majority, want to be in person. And so it's been so deeply rewarding for me to go into our schools, to see in-person learning continue, to see that, that invaluable sense of community that exists in each of our Catholic schools continue. Uh, that, to me, has been so rewarding. And if, if you don't mind, I'd love to just give a quick plug here. Our employees truly have gone above and beyond, and uh, we're in the midst of raising funds to yes. give each and every school employee uh, a financial gift uh, in the month of January. We're, we're tying it to Christmas, but it'll, it'll really be in kind of mid-January. And so we are accepting donations, if anybody listening is interested. It doesn't have to be a major donation. Uh, but we do have on our website, um, archchicago.org slash teacherfund, a page where you can contribute any dollar amount, and it will go to our uh, exceptional Catholic school employees. So really would encourage people to consider giving that gift. Wonderful. Give that uh, give that web, website one more time, Jim. Sure, it's uh, artchicago.org slash teacher fund. And it's and teacher no, fund, and no but gift the gift will be small. for all school employees. It'll just be a flat gift for all full-time employees, whether that individual is a principal, teacher, or support staff. And also maybe say something uh, uh, This is very important, that is even tremendous for the archdiocese within classroom learning for the children, but also respectful for parents, who do want to do e-learning from home? Say something about that. 
Yeah, so as I mentioned before, about 18% or so of our families uh, system-wide decided to opt for full virtual learning, and there were a variety of reasons for that, a lot of them tied to health conditions within the student or within the family. And so we put together uh, what we see as very high-quality virtual learning. You know, we did a great job back in the spring of moving quickly to virtual learning when the pandemic first started. So I'm sure you remember, Father Greg, on on Friday, the 13th of March, yes. uh, we announced that we were going to move to virtual learning system-wide, and we stayed there for the rest of the school year. Yes. And I was so impressed with how quickly we moved to virtual learning and the quality of virtual learning. So we already had a, a strong foundation to build from. And so when the new year started last August, uh, we offered uh, long-term virtual learning to any family that needed it, and uh, we've had several that decided to. And then, of course, when we've had cases of COVID in our schools, again, brought in uh, almost always from the outside, uh, we've had to move individual classes and sometimes full schools to virtual learning as well. So, I, you know, I, I, I really think our schools are doing a good job of providing virtual learning when needed and when requested. When you, think about, when you think about it, Jim, the last program you and I did together for Catholic schools today, our monthly program on a Monday, was Monday, March 9th, and I never dreamed that for the rest of the year through today, you have not been in the studio but have been from home you know, for the last uh, nine months of the year. Exactly. Yeah, you're saying you miss me, Father Greg? It's very nice. He does. Yeah, he it, talks uh, about that often. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, Can I ask right. a, a question related to the timing here? So Jan- January usually is traditionally when eighth graders take their tests, entrance exams, isn't it for high school, Catholic high schools? How is that going to happen this year? Yeah, so interesting you ask. We actually changed that date a couple years ago. So the testing date is now in December. It's the, usually the first Saturday of December. Oh, so so we're already past it. And it was, it was very interesting. Again, the high schools, I thought, did a great job of adapting. Uh, most of them offered a virtual option or in-person. Uh, most of them still wanted to have in-person test-taking when possible because they could control the administration. And it also gives the kids a chance to visit the school again. And so uh, most of our students did go in person, and uh, the high schools did a great job, I thought, of putting in place health and safety practices to protect kids and employees. But, yes, it's, it's done, and I understand the numbers were strong this year. So good, good. That goes well for our Catholic high schools. We have just about a minute left, Jim. Any special messages you have for our listeners? No, I mean, just uh, continue to keep us in prayer as we go into the second half of the school year. Uh, We're going to be making an announcement this month in January ahead of Catholic Schools Week. Uh, We've got some academic assessment data coming back, and it is extremely affirming. It shows that we are doing a great job of teaching kids, uh, which is not a surprise, but given everything we've been through this year is really validating uh, to the work that we've done. So uh, just so grateful for especially our Catholic school uh, teachers and principals and support staff members, but all who uh, attend and support our Catholic schools. Wonderful. Dr. Jim Riggs, Superintendent of the Office of Catholic Schools, thank you so much for your commitment to our children and to our teachers and to our parishes. Much appreciated. And we will be back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, Catholic Chicago with Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Tracy here. We will be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Blessings and good health in the new year, Jim. Charity's After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. 
It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial. With Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Tracy here. And our next special guest is involved as the president and CEO of Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities always is, and it continues to be, a major source of assistance for families in need, particularly during this pandemic. From providing food, helping people avoid homelessness, Catholic Charity is meeting that challenge every day. And here to explain how that is happening is Sally Blount, CEO and president of Catholic Charities. Welcome, Sally, to Catholic Chicago. Thank you. Good Thank morning, you Sally. Welcome. To talk about my favorite topic. Right. Now, I know you from afar because particularly when you're, inv you're involved with Kellogg as a professor, and we heard one of your talks not too long ago to leadership of not-for-profits, and you were tremendously inspiring in terms of your faith and how that's foundational for everything that you do, bringing solid business practices also to the faith environment. So you started at Catholic Charities in July as the president CEO. Can you reflect a little bit about your faith and those business principles. How do you see how do you see those two merging in this role for you? Uh, well, first of all, um, let me say that I am humbled and honored to be called to this role uh, and to be asked as, as a lay person and a woman to be able to step forward and serve in this way. Uh, I think for someone who's done what I've done, both as a professor and in the business world, serving on boards and helping for companies. In this chapter of my life, to be able to apply all those principles of bringing people together and learning how to run organizations more effectively, to bring all of those together on behalf of the church yes. that we all love so deeply and on behalf of people in need, and that's what Jesus calls us to first and foremost as believers, right, is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yes. And so for me, the work at Catholic Charity brings all that together, right, of building consensus, bringing people together, what you learn about. Um, and learning how to build, and I teach about it. How do you make organizations more effective? I mean, the office is funny, and Dilbert and these old cartoons have the following that they do because organizations do goofy things. Mm -hmm. When humans get together in organizations, we are not always <laughs> rational. And I've loved having time to study that and figure out how do we make organizations better. And now to get to do that in the church is just unbelievable. So you've been prepared all all your life for this position. Wow, that that makes it sound big. I, I it, thanks be to God. Right? Yes, yes, Father Greg. Hey, Sally, I've never had the opportunity to meet you. I've heard many, many, many <laughs> tremendous things about you over the years, and in moving to this position at Catholic Charities, in the first six months, 
What has been your biggest challenge? You know, the biggest thing for me has been getting out to meet the people who do our work. Because we've been in the time of COVID, it's a very strange thing to start leading an organization over Zoom. And yet what we did early on was try to, in safe ways, make sure that I could get out to some sites physically and then also to meet with other teams over Zoom because the hardest thing, you know, when you're at the core, the center that's sort of the organization builder, you never want to lose sight of what's happening out on the front lines, especially in an organization like this. I mean, it's a business organization, but I'd argue it's even more true. You've got to be on the front lines where your organization is touching people in need. And in businesses, that's customers, right? The Catholic Charities, it's our fellow humans. And we're called to love, and we are called to walk with them in mercy, um, to help them at a time of need. And I think one of the biggest things you'll learn when you do that, which I'm sure you know as a thought, right, is, is um, it ministers to you maybe even more than it ministers to them, right? And, mm-hmm. and being present and understanding that mission was so important in the early months, so people knew I got it, because I didn't come from a human services background, Right. I came from higher ed, and I came from the business world. So being on the front lines and really getting a feel for it was incredibly important. You know, I find this very interesting. I've talked to a priest who started as a new pastor in July of 2020, and he said to me, Greg, the biggest challenge has been I can't really get out to meet my people. You know, I can't greet people like would like to after mass, uh, parish picnics in the summertime, gatherings, meetings in the fall. It's all Zoom. So the same applies for you. The normal way of getting together would be in a room, one-on-one talking, but everything we're about, we can't do right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, for very good reasons, for uh, reasons for health and protecting each other and ourselves, but it's got to be very challenging. That, uh, you know, it's been funny. When I was, I always thought the word Zoom meant a fast car, and now Zoom <laughs> is I have a 2 o'clock Zoom meeting. You know, I was just thinking about this, Sally. We had lunch together some years back, and uh, it was the culmination of the first class. Greg, you may have been in this class for the pastor group that um, Kellogg worked with Mundelein Seminary. I, I was helped, in the second or third group. Yeah, I helped initiate that with mm-hmm. Liz Howard, Elaine Schuster, and right. we had Great lunch, group. and I was totally impressed with the seamlessness of business principles and theological updating, how that worked together and how guys really, really appreciated that. Um, How do you see those business principles manifesting themselves in this work? Because it's kind of a foreign language for the church in many ways. It is. And in fact, one of the things I feel like I'm constantly called to do is translate business language into human language, because All business is is a set of principles about how to build more effective human organizations. Mm -hmm. And and, and efficiency, when taken to the extreme, is not good, but some efficiency is always a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if we can use our donors' dollars more efficiently to reach more people, who wouldn't want that? Exactly. If we can serve more people. And that's how I feel like the principles that you learn in business of efficiency. And you also learn about, there's been a lot of work developed on communication, right? How do we make operations more efficient and how do we communicate with an organization more effectively? And those are a lot of the things that have emerged in the post-World War II um, for-profit sector that, you know, many people are bringing into the church now. I mean, another example that you all know is Etsy Boland right, as the chief operating officer mm-hmm. of the Archdiocese. And she has a, she's been with us, what, seven years, and she has a huge commitment to how do we keep this human organization human, but ever more effective at, at, at taking the wisdom that humans have developed in the late 20th and 21st century to apply that to the Church. And I think there's just a lot of people committed to that. I mean, it's clear that, that God is working in a lot of hearts um, you know, people reach out to me every day of, how can I help Catholic charities? How yes. can I help? And one of the biggest challenges we have is that, as you know, managing a lot of volunteers is, takes a staff on its own, right? And so one yeah. of the things we're looking at is, how do we do that more effectively? Right. And and, and how do you position that message? You, you service a million people a year. I think that number is pretty accurate. And they're not 
they don't have to be Catholic, but it's it's the it's Catholic charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago, and our commitment is to serving serve. everybody. Yeah. We, How, oh, and it doesn't matter faith, your color, your race, your ethnicity. You can be agnostic, right? We are here to serve. You know, to to care for God's children with that, humility, you know, right? You know, with humility. Right. But earlier than that is. Uh, I was ordained in 79. I was not given any type of a business background. I had a great <clears throat> theology background from the seminary, but not business. So I rely on people like you and Betsy and others to help me in this area because there has to be that connection. Now, moving forward, what do you vision happening with Catholic Charities in 2021? Oh, you know... Well, A, we're really looking forward to coming out of COVID, so I can actually meet with the team face-to-face for all the reasons you've talked about. Um, we're looking forward to figuring out new ways to serve um, coming out of the pandemic because we believe that the needs are going to be greater than ever economically. I don't think the pandemic is reducing the divide between the rich and poor that's been growing over the last 20 to 30 years. It's it's made it even greater when we look at the people who are affected and who's dying and who's who's having long-term health effects. It's, it's the same group that's been pummeled economically and in terms of job opportunities, you know, in the last 10 to 20 years or especially coming out of the Great Recession. So we've got to really look at ourselves. Of how do we do more? What are the unique needs of the post-COVID era that we may need to pivot how we reach people, how we connect with people, what kinds of services they need, and being open to that learning, and just be open to the Holy Spirit, because He's going to call a lot of us, right? He's going to be asking a lot of us to really listen to our fellow humans about what's happening in this country, to really listen about what's happening in Chicago. And that's the part I just, you know, that I that I learned with people who've been here for years, is the humility they work Side by side with the people we serve, the humility of remembering there, but for the grace of God, go I. So we are ready to listen. Sally, what are, what, what are the greatest need? What are the greatest? I'm sorry to interrupt you. What are the greatest? Okay. What are the greatest needs right now? And how can people support Catholic charities right now today? The best thing you can do, to the extent that you're able, is to, to mail a check. Because we're buying food, we're helping families stay in their homes with rental assistance. One of the most heartbreaking ones is we're helping families bury the dead. These are the ultimate acts of mercy. And what we need more than your time right now because of COVID is your money. We know how to use the money because we have 100 years of experience. We have the networks. We have the infrastructure. We are one of the most effective nonprofits in the country. We have a platinum guide star rating. Please, whatever amount you can afford, we can make it go further. And how, again, would people connect? Give us the web. Uh, yeah, online. The website, catholiccharities.net. You can go right on it to donate. And, and no, no gift is too way. small. Or you can send us a check to 721 North South Street in Chicago, Illinois. Zip. Zip. Oh, golly, I don't know my zip. <laughs> it might I, be. I think it's 60611. I think so. It'll get there. I think you're right. I'm looking at our annual report that I have in front of me. We don't have a zip code on it. I think it's 606. But I think That's if you okay. put 721 North LaSalle, it'll get there. Sally, we have a, charities, it'll get there. We just have about a minute, minute and a half. Any message you have for not only the folks you care for, but the donors to Catholic Charities in this for this coming year? You know, the message I have is just how proud the church should feel of the fact that we've been in business serving anyone in need for 100 years, and, and, and that, that they should feel good about the work that our church does through this organization, and they should feel good about the fact that we serve, as you emphasized, anyone in need. We don't turn anyone away. And now more than ever, if, if you can skip a meal and send us $5 or something, we can really make that make a difference. So feel pride in what we do and, and feel know that you can make a difference by by walking side by side with us as a partner, if you you know, so please consider that in your prayers. Oh, wonderful! Well, Sally Blount, thank you so much as President, Chief Executive Officer of Catholic Charities for your time, mm-hmm. for your inspiring ideas, and also for the future, what you will bring to Catholic Charities in terms of your wonderful experience at Kellogg, but also your wonderful faith as a foundation for what you're doing. So thank you so much. Blessings to you and to your family in the new year. Father Greg? God bless, God bless you, Sally. Keep up the marvelous work you've started. 
been going on for over 100 years and uh, blessings and health in 2021. Sally, last word. Thank you. Thank you, guys, and thanks for reaching out to us to get our message out to the church. We really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy Thanks New Year to you. New Year. WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago. We will take a break, and we have one more special guest on our year in review. Please stay tuned. Charities staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one -one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, Trusted Research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host, Todd Williamson. Catholic churches respond as the need to feed the hungry surges in the COVID-19 pandemic. Pope Francis's new encyclical and the call for mutual respect for all cultures. And a local priest ready to run even when the Chicago Marathon is canceled. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Catholic Chicago, our year in review, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. We saved our most special guest for last. Uh, uh, <laughs> well said, Mark. Jim Dish, our retired director of the Archdiocesan Department of Radio and Television. Each week, hundreds of thousands of families are tuning in to weekly Mass from Holy Name Cathedral with the Cardinal during this pandemic, and Father Greg is there, too. Recently retired Jim Dish, and he recently retired. Jim Dish was director of Office of Radio and Television. He spearheaded this effort and many other creative efforts. And so we want to welcome Jim back via the telephone. Jim, are you there? I certainly am. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Mark. Happy New Year, uh, Father Greg. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing very well. Jim, how was your Christmas with Pat and the family? Did you get together? Did you have a chance to get together? Uh, Christmas was wonderful. Uh, we did play it safe. Uh, uh, Pat and I picked up dinners at a local establishment uh, for the family, and then we did a drop-off at my son's house and a drop-off at my daughter's house. Uh, went home, ate separately just to be safe, and then, of course, we did the uh, now uh, infamous family Zoom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, where I think uh, there's 14 of us because it's the, 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 my, my two children who live locally, and then I've got a son and daughter-in-law in St. Louis, and then a son, daughter-in-law, and two grandkids in uh, Colorado. So all of us got together on Zoom for an hour and uh, had, a, had a lovely visit. Yeah. All I can say, Jim, is that it was a joy working with you with the Office of Radio and Television, the Archdiocese, because you came on board, was it almost 20 years ago? Uh, yeah, I think we're uh, hitting 19, it would have been 19 years this December, I believe. You had a lot of patience with Greg, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was Jim's penance. Wait, let him answer the question. <laughs> I, I was going to say a lot. I'm not sure what kind of patience you're talking about. The patience <laughs> I'm thinking of are a life support if they were with Father Greg. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of great laughs. And in fact, I think when you came on board, Jim, Back almost 19 years ago, I think you never intended to stay almost two decades. 
We did a marvelous job uh, moving us forward and uh, taking us into the 21st century. And uh, I guess let me ask you this question in hindsight. In the almost 20 years that you were the director, head man for radio and TV in Chicago, what was the biggest change or changes you saw over almost two decades? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the biggest change is obviously the uh, overwhelming uh, takeover of social media uh, to what we do. Uh, when I came on board, uh, we started a t- television. We launched a television program with Cardinal George, a program that uh, uh, Catholic Chicago, which we now do with uh, Cardinal Blaise Supich, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. we were doing the TV program Sanctuary with you, Father Greg, and uh, we launched radio. And, and that's kind of where it was, but suddenly, you know, YouTube comes along, and uh, we establish a YouTube channel, and we start uploading all our videos to YouTube and the TV programs. And, you know, lo and behold, people watch once on television, but at their convenience, whenever they want to see a video, uh, they, they can just go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. But they just go to the YouTube channel, and there it is. And, now, you know, now you've got Facebook and Instagram and, you know, just all sorts of things. And we've got a social media arm that helps in terms of pushing all this stuff out to social media. So, you know, big changes there. We, we would do reflections for Lent, reflections for Advent. And suddenly these things are being produced, uh, you know, let's keep it to under a minute so we can push it out on the various social media yeah. platforms. So, uh, now you gently moved, Father Greg, from TV to radio. Any particular <laughs> reasons why? I think Father Greg would argue that that, that was an add-on. It was oh, okay. in, <laughs> in addition to his television. <laughs> Now, I have to show this. I don't mean to embarrass you, Jim, but I have to share this, and that is uh, when I found out, like in June of six months ago, that you were looking to retire last March 31st, but because of COVID having just kicked in on March 14th with stay at home on March 14th, it changed your retirement plans where I've never heard of someone, instead of retiring at their due date, you stayed on for an extra six months, helped Vince Girasoli, the new man, the new head boss man for radio and TV, and other duties he has here in Chicago, and made its transition very seamless and smooth. I just want to give you kudos for really staying on an extra half a year past retirement to make sure the baton was passed on well, and you did a tremendous job. I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of us. Oh, well, that, that's much appreciated, but I, but I have to say it was really just, uh, gosh, just a matter of, uh, you know, the times that we live in. Here we are, uh, you know, COVID comes along, and uh, things are shutting down right and left. Uh, from, the, from my personal standpoint, um, uh, travel plans that perhaps Pat and I had for uh, the summer for retirement, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a bit busy uh, on the telephone canceling those or online canceling those plans. And it, it just it just made sense. Uh, you know, and, and Paul Waters, who's, uh, you know, my boss and just a wonderful person to work with, you know, I chatted with her and it, it was just kind of, well, you just keep looking, keep looking, I'll keep working. And, uh, uh uh, the truth of the matter is, I'm working with a great bunch of people. You know, you got Mike May, Brian Brock, uh, Javier Garcia. You know, we just got a really strong team. Uh, so uh, it, it all uh, it all worked out out very well. And then when Vince uh, came along, Vince Giraselli, who now runs the office uh, after two decades of uh, wonderful Over reporting at CBS. CBS too, yeah, um, the ability to work with him for a month was it was actually a lot of fun mm-hmm. you, know, you know we were working on shows i think we did your october sanctuary together where we mm-hmm. co-wrote it and uh, the, the last program that i did with cardinal supich uh, vince and i co-wrote so it was kind of fun to have a partner for a month and then you know after working at a place for two decades to be able to leave with the peace of mind that somebody like Vince is walking in and he has a very strong team and Mike Bryan and Javier, uh, just a lot of peace of mind for my, uh, for myself. Uh, so as they say, it's all good. <laughs> it's no, all I have good. to share this story. And Mark, you'll like this story. And that mm-hmm. is, uh, 
when Jim asked me, says, you know, that they've hired Vince Girasoli from Channel 2, do you know him? I said, no, Vince. I know Vince, Heidi, and his daughters from St. Mary's in Evanston. Vince and Heidi were very active parishioners, so I said, I've been to their house for dinner when I was the pastor from 2010 to 2016, so I said, Vince will do a great job, and he has. So it always it makes me laugh when you said, do I know Vince? I said, yeah, I say a little bit pretty well <laughs> from uh, my former parish before coming to the cathedral. Now, Jim, you came from, was it WGN? Uh, I'm, uh, immediately from CLTV, which was uh, Chicago Line Television News, which was part of the Tribune Company Empire, and before that, WGN Television, yeah. So what were the differences from WGN, you know, a professional business corporate media entity coming to the arts? What, what, what differences did you see and what did you need to kind of bring in to be innovative here? Oh, interesting. Uh, first of all, a similarity, and this is going to, I don't mean this to sound nasty or anything like mm. that, but they're, they are both, in, in a way, bureaucracies, where you do have, mm-hmm. you know, people to work through and institutions to work through. Mm-hmm. But, but I think, uh, you know, what I learned at WGN and Chicagoland Television News is how to report stories in a way that's compelling to people. And if you have that background, I've got that background, Vince has that background, you come to the Archdiocese and you find a place that has gosh, thousands of wonderful stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catholic Charities, all the good work they're doing. You look over at uh, Our Lady of the Angels, Angels Mission and the wonderful stuff that they do. Uh, just on and on and on. And our job is to report their stories. So. In in a sense, it it almost becomes easier. There there are hundreds and thousands of stories out there to tell, and you have to make the editorial decisions on which of those stories you want to push out to the people. Now, Jim, we have a few more minutes. Does any story stand out in your mind, one that really kind of impacted you? Boy, a story that impacted me. There's so many stories that we've done on, you know, helping the needy, feeding the poor, all that kind of stuff. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a whole blend. Uh, yeah. I, I think this year, though, um, and, and I've had conversations with, you know, with, with my group over there about this and how the televising of Sunday Masses kind of brings everything together. You're reporting stories on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And you kind of lose track on whether or not this means anything out there. But suddenly we're put in a position where we have to go online with Sunday Mass and daily Masses, frankly, but Sunday Mass, uh, because people can't get into their churches because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you know, you develop this partnership with ABC, with One Trust, uh, and you've got to televise Sunday Mass, where, you know, 100,000 families every week are watching. That's 250,000 people. Mm-hmm. And that's without yeah. counting the online audience. Exactly. And, and, yeah, and then you, that we had that very first weekend with the shutdown March 14th weekend. We put together, you and your office, great great staff there, in 24 hours in, in my staff here from the cathedral, we had it up and running in 24 hours at first televised mass from the cathedral. It, it was a Thursday conversation with you guys. Friday, the team was setting up over at the cathedral and at There's 7 o'clock, o'clock mass taping. 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, there was an online mass that people could go to anytime Saturday night or all day Sunday uh, and beyond. Now, mm-hmm. gentlemen, you know this more than most. We have a minute warning here. I'm going to throw it to Father Greg, and then, Jim, thank you so much for being a part of the Archdiocesan, not only the past, but the future. You, you know, I'm sitting in this studio realizing this is part of your vision, how we need, how we need to communicate in this arena. Father Greg. Jim, has been a joy working with you those last two decades. God bless you, Pat, your entire family for a very blessed, happy, healthy, healthy 2021. It's great to hear your voice. I'll let you do the very closing wrap-up to get the, to get us out of here, Mark. Okay. I'd like to, first of all, thank everybody here at the Arch. Uh, Vince Garasoli, Michael May, Brian Brock, Javier Garcia, Jim Dish for all you've done, Paula Waters for her leadership. Father Greg, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this very exciting show that we talk about what's important. Mark, you're doing a fabulous job. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And um, Jim, blessings to you. Thank you for all you've done. Your work here continues. 
with enthusiasm. God bless everybody. Father Greg, we'll see you in a little bit. See you in a bit. God bless.